This is Fantasy Intervention. Fantasy Life, Shane Manila, Jacob Sanderson, and Chase Vernon. What's up, what's up? Welcome in, folks, to another Tuesday night edition of Dynasty Intervention. We're kicking it old school tonight. It's it's I'm gonna be honest, this is the hot mess show. Uh, we've had a, a great run of fun guests. We've had a, an awesome rotating crew of unique discussions. Like this weekend, the boys, they were hitting it big at the expo. Uh, I've had, I've been totally overloaded with work stuff at a bunch of errands to run. So today we're going to keep it pretty loose. We're going to talk through the preseason. Football's back. We're psyched about it. Oh, is that our guest house change? Our guest just walked on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to skew our demographic a little younger. Oh, that's good. I thought I did my part on that, but look, we're we're gonna. So here's what we're gonna do today. First of all, our show sheet. This is the most scattered show sheet of all time. I first wrote it on an iPhone Notes app, and then just sent them an image, and then Shane <laughs> tried to type it, and I don't. I can't make like any sense of it. It's, it's like it has the same sections, but like all over the place. We're gonna make it work. But please, if you're in the chat, send us your questions. Send us anything that you. We're excited about from preseason, not excited about, have questions about it. We would absolutely love to talk through all of your stuff so that we have to come up with less original content on our own. All right. Does that sound good? Yeah. Thank please, you very much. If, if Facebook listener, uh, Facebook, yeah, viewer, Facebook user, Facebook, Facebook user, user, we love Facebook user. If you could go ahead and ask any questions whatsoever, like I will even take like your, your kicker questions at this point. IDP um, for sure. IDP. Yeah, I was talking IDP this weekend. Um, IDP. Are you an IDP guy now? No, yeah, FF Chef. I don't know. You got to sleep in bed with me, I heard. So maybe wow. you can tell. Is Shane uh, really the worst? Could be the best. Shane is honestly the best. Okay, Shane might be the worst of putting together a show sheet. That, that's actually possible. Uh, is Shane the worst? No. Shane is one of the nicest guys. I know he doesn't seem like it, but he truly is, is such a supportive person. Uh, I, it's it's truly an honor every Tuesday to podcast some pineapple on pizza. Okay, no. yeah, it's encouraged. No, no, that's some Canadian fucking stupidity right there. You know, <laughs> you don't put fucking pineapple on a pizza. I love pineapple on pizza. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Get out of here with that shit. But right. <laughs> you don't Let's love keep, keep these coming. Whatever you got, we will get to them. Especially your serious football <laughs> questions. But we're also happy. You know, you know, we don't take it too. What up, Dustin? Welcome to the chat. And Dave. What up? We hey Rob. Oh yeah, people. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. So I always podcast with a hat on, and I did this video today about Stefan Diggs, where I just went in the backyard with a shovel and I just talked about Stefan Diggs. Uh, and first of all, it's depressing because that got more views than any episode of this show has ever gotten within one hour. Um, and then, uh, yeah, people said I look like Jamie Lannister. They said I look like a Disney prince. Uh, yeah. No, like, the bad dude from the Mighty Duck series. I'm telling you, that was like that's your actual like that's you on the the screen. I'm convinced 100 that you're the bad guys from the Mighty Duck show. Yeah, let the hair flow. Maybe. Insane. All right, let's let's get into it here. Few big things from preseason. Let's let's start off with with probably what everybody wanted to see most this weekend, which was these rookie quarterbacks. They finally got their start. And Shane, who impressed you the most amongst these rookie quarterbacks? Well, and, and I don't want to say it's uh, because it's the only game I actually got to watch sober, but um, <laughs> it was definitely uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields looked really good. Um, I was impressed. I know Chase wasn't because Chase hates him for reasons that I'm not entirely clear on. Um, but he looks future really- isn't adequately stabilized. Yeah, he looked he looked really good to me. I mean, uh, I saw him with a, a nice pass to Justin Hardy, who uh, amazingly was still in the league at that time. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know he was cut today, so he's no longer in the league. But I was like shocked. Um, but yeah, Fields looked really good to me. Um, I heard conflicting reports on Trey Lance. I heard he scored a touchdown, um, but the rest of it not so pretty. 
Yeah, I'll talk on Lance quick, and then I'll, I'll pivot over to Chase uh, to go on the other couple. Like, I, I watch every snap of Trey Lance, of course. We all know that I absolutely live and breathe and love Trey Lance. Uh, he is my favorite player in the NFL. I've loved him since NDSU. For folks who don't know, Fargo is like a four-hour drive from Winnipeg. So I'm always following the NDSU team. That's also why I love Carson Wentz so much. Uh, I thought Lance looked good. I, I think his wide receivers did him a, a major disservice. I mean, when you only get 14 passes and your wide receivers drop three balls that you directly in the hands, uh, that's usually going to lead to a lot of inane conversation about completion percentage for the rest of the week. Uh the one that was most triggering for sure was the River Craycraft drop, mostly because uh, I just think a guy with a name as cool as River Craycraft, I'd just like to say better things about you. Uh, but, I mean, look, you, you, got, you saw what you needed to see. Uh, he was he had the ridiculously good touchdown throw. But one thing I noticed with Lance, when they got him on the run or just when he was flush and he was moving himself on the run, he's at his best. Like, he's really patient in that situation. He sees the field well. His accuracy is on point. When he's just standing in the pocket – uh, that's where things get skittish. That's where it feels like he's more likely to stare down wide receivers. That's where he's forcing them some throws. That's where the ball's sailing on him a little bit. So I'm, I'm interested to see for the rest of this preseason how he progresses as a pocket passer. And I'm interested to see when he actually gets into games, like whether Shanahan will be a lot more inventive and in how they use him. Because they weren't they didn't do any RPO stuff. You know, they were mostly just pretty being pretty, pretty vanilla out there. Uh, look at this. They, do they still have TV in Canada or is it just radio? Uh, yeah, actually, believe it or not, uh, you know, Canadians have always been at the height of technological innovation. I don't know if you've heard of Alexander Graham Bell, uh, oh, but if you want to get on a uh, telephone today, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we bags also invented pegged milk. We invented the loony. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. And, you know, insulin. Uh, so that saves lives, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, yes, we, we do have TV in Canada. <laughs> um, and uh, Chase, why don't you talk to us about uh, either Lawrence or Mac Jones, both of those. What'd you well, see real that? quick, I do want to discuss Fields because he All right. did not play well, in my opinion. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put this out here right now instead of saving it for the end. He was what? Uh, completed like maybe three passes aside from playing in the second half of the game yeah yes Tyler, we do use horses for cop cars and that's why our police don't kill as many people in the canada up against second stringers essentially he looked absolutely horrible i think the longest pass he completed was seven yards which was like a dump off play where they were playing prevent defense trying to prevent a 16 yard third down conversion and he threw it six or seven yards after he spun out while well, i should have just stepped up into the pocket because you know there's pressure coming around him said he spun out to the outside got on the run and cut half the field off from his available passing. So sitting there and looking at fields, like he looked great up against the third and fourth teamers, but up against the second teamers and a couple of starters that were mixed in, he looked absolutely horrendous. Uh, he went with four straight incompletions, I believe, uh, one of them obviously being a three and out. So I'm, I'm not a fan of fields being in the system. I think the best thing that could happen to him is getting rid of Nagy. Nagy did not call the proper plays for get the ball out of his hands quick which is one of my least favorite things about Nagy. So I'm not a fan of Fields in this offense. You know, do I think he takes a starting job? Absolutely. Do you think he's, do I think he's going to be fantasy relevant? Yeah, for the majority of games, but I don't know his upside and I just do not want to see him get killed time after time after time again in the pocket for the Bears. But uh, looking at Lawrence, I was slightly disappointed um, outside of his 35-yard pass, I believe yard pass to Marvin Jones Jr., uh, his longest pass was also only like seven or eight yards. So that was a little bit disappointing. They said that they really missed the speed from GJ Chark, which, okay, like that makes a little bit of sense. Um, but still to see that be his his cap was really, really disappointing. So I was not a big fan of that. And as for Mac Jones, I liked him, but I feel like he kind of walked in the same situation that Fields did. He did okay up against the second teamers, but up against the the third teamers where he really boosted his stats. So, you know, that's something to monitor if he actually gets a chance up against some more starters as to whether or not he can, you know, be good. But once again, it's preseason, so I don't want to overreact. All right. Well, we all know that the Chase is a Fields hater, so that's that's fine. Uh, you hate you hate fun. You hate mobile quarterbacks, and that's all right. You can you can be what? that way. Uh, you know, you, your future their future's not stabilized because they take too many sacks. So it's fine. You know, you know who um, he loved, uh, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I hated really Josh Rosen. Commands the pocket. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the pocket. That and, man is um, stabilized. He is yeah. got a trust fund and everything. 
All right, let's let's talk about let's stay within that Chicago game uh, because it's pretty crazy. I feel like the largest story in fantasy. And by the way, Tyler, yes, I absolutely know. I too am a sarcastic ass, so I, I will give it back to you. But no, absolutely zero hard feelings. Um, oh, let's God, stay in that game. I, <laughs> I, I don't even think. I, I don't even. Yeah, we're at two. We're at two. I'll be doing a drink every time. Uh, <laughs> look. We're staying in that game. I don't even think Fields was the talk of that game. The, the talk of that game coming out for fantasy was Miles Gaskin, seven snaps with the first team offense. Yeah. Malcolm Brown, 16 snaps with the first team offense. Gaskin stayed out with the second team offense. Then Brian Flores comes out, hints at a committee. Shane, you are you're the situation, the landing spot correspondent. Are you also the running back by committee correspondent? Um, <laughs> so yeah I, I hate you a lot but i guess we'll just skip over david montgomery uh fucking up his groin um but he's that, fine they said he's fine well he's going to be out two to four weeks last i heard two to four weeks well when does the season start four weeks all right anyway um, damian williams season anyway speed score god i i got damian williams picked him up in a few leagues anyway. i fucking love damian drafting. williams i'm a truther so i'll talk Anywho, about that all day I mean, I so here's what's weird about me, right? I've been telling everyone, get rid of Gaskins, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them. And now that everyone's gonna want to, I, I don't want to anymore. Now, now I want to. Now I would like to uh, add him. Um, Malcolm Brown's. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Oh, he sucks. Yeah, he's not. He's not good. Um, he's never been good. He's never shown in, that he has the capacity to be good at football, except in the preseason. Um, which is usually where he shines. Yeah, but he wasn't very good this time. Well, but I'm just saying in general, like in his life. <laughs> yeah, um, nine carries for eight yards. And and Jordan Howard, they, you know, Gaskin Gaskin got hurt last year, right? And they as soon as he came back, they immediately gave him the full workload, even though Salvan Ahmed was already on the team at that point. Um, so I, I'm really not buying into Brian Flores' stories here. He was also quoted today saying that Gaskins, you know, they're going to use guys situationally and Gaskins situation uh, where he best thrives is first, second, and third down. And then he called him a change of pace back. I think, I think Flores is just talking out of his ass to be quite honest. (laughs) This is one of those where I feel a lot of uh, misdirection. Yeah. I feel like they're just seeing what they had with Malcolm Brown. And by the way, I do want to get to Sean's question here in a second. So when we have a break, I do, it's a longer question but I definitely want to answer it. But honestly, like, yeah, it's, it's Gaskin's job. I feel like they were trying to figure out what they had in Malcolm Brown, you know, where his strengths were. Yeah. Honestly, like, what do you think they have? <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. That offensive line is still a very, very young offensive line that are learning how to play together. And what they showed yeah. was an inept ability to pick up blitzes. Yeah. Malcolm Brown had minus, minus seven yards before contact. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. So I think that he ends up going in as the goal line back, and we're going to end up seeing him probably cut by like week four or five, similar to what they did with Jordan Howard. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this thing, man. I mean, like I, I was pretty down on Malcolm Brown all offseason. Like I just I, – I think he's totally sludge. Uh, and then, you know, we saw what they did last year. They went out and got Jordan Howard on a bigger contract than they have with Malcolm Brown. And then they immediately put Jordan Howard in. They're like, oh, we don't really want this. And then they just gave it to Gaskin. So I, I felt like, you know, that's the kind of archetype of running back that they probably don't want. I think Jordan Howard's honestly better than than Malcolm Brown at, at that type of thing. So I've been out on Brown, but I don't know. Like, it just sketches me out, man. I mean, you know, I felt about like James Robinson too and how I felt about Gaskin this offseason. Yeah. I don't like placing my chips on these precarious bets. Like, it's just too fragile for me. I, I don't like the idea that my running back investment, like they're gonna supposedly going to fill my RB2 slot every week. And then all of a sudden, just because the coach has like a change of mind one day, like now, now they suck. Uh, <laughs> Taylor says, I want to know why Jacob hides that hair for his podcast. Uh, Taylor, I, you know, I, I always just think that the backwards has like part of my aesthetic. Uh, I think it makes me look a little bit older, more professional, uh, more like podcaster, whereas the hair makes you look like, you know, one of Shane's kids. But maybe I'll make it work. <laughs> Taylor said, "Woo, I'm sweating now." No, well, Shane isn't this follically blessed, but how? How else answer the question? Let's answer Sean's question. I'm gonna pull it up here. Sean Goglin. Sean Goglin asks. Wait, wait, wait! You got to start with the first part. Wait, there's two parts. Does someone have a chart we can put this on? I think we're gonna. All need right, a chart. PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation. Okay, so I'm sitting here and looking at it. What's up, guys? Took I over a rebuilding that. orphan. No, I, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at it. 
What's up, guys? Taking over rebuilding orphan. Wide receivers are Kenny G, Ayuk, Deontay, Curtis Samuel, and guys. Someone wants to trade me is 2022 first uh, for Deontay. Another wants to trade me is 22 third and fourth for my Michael Hardman. Oh, yeah, I have Michael Hardman uh, and Michael Gallup, too. Okay, well, I guess the I'm supposed that the question is which of these trades should I accept? Is this Superflex? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, did he say? No. Jeez, he didn't. He did not specify. Okay, so if it's Superflex, right, Sean, let us know if it's Superflex the chat, okay? But I'm gonna say if it's Superflex, then yes, I would take the 22 first for Deontay, and I don't think anyone hates McCall Hardman more than me, but I would rather have him than a third and a fourth. Yeah, you, you got to hold McCall Hardman. I mean, he's going to have one blow-up game this year. It's going to happen, and you're going to be able so. to get a second for him because there's at least one person in your league that's still holding out that hope of him being the next Tyreek Hill. Um, and, yeah, same thing with Deontay. If it's a super flex, yeah, he's gone. If it's a one quarterback, hold on to him. I, I still think I would trade Deontay Johnson, pending how the other team's build is. But I think it also depends on your build. Like if you're trying to blow up that team and restart from scratch, yeah. So why not take too. the value? Yeah, why not take that value where you can get it with the 2022 first mm -hmm. and hope that it's in a mid-range to to later round pick. I mean, a, a mid to not too late pick, like a tenth yeah. at the latest for Deontay Johnson. You know, I I just think that if you're off of these players, just get rid of them while you can, and you know, hope for the best. Keep in mind that oh, this I is probably this is probably the least amount of value a first round pick will will have throughout the entire season you know there's always going to be rookie hype following the draft which will also end up affecting the value of rookie picks then and then once we finish the season it goes through the roof so this is probably the least amount of value a rookie pick has at this point in time i would take it while you can get it i, I just don't like deontay johnson though that's part of it yeah I, I, i'm inclined to agree facebook user facebook user hey, facebook says user What's our favorite listener? What's your take on Gaskin? I was planning to draft with my RB2. My take is don't draft Gaskin as your RB2. Uh, in fact, just don't draft Gaskin, period. Uh, because you should either draft two running backs really early, in which case Gaskin would be your RB3, and you don't want to do that because you should then draft a wide receiver. Or you should take one running back really early and then just keep drafting wide receivers and then just take a bunch of other running backs late because one of them is going to be as good as Gaskin and probably one of them you can get off waivers like you did with Gaskin last year. So I... I would not be spending my round four or five pick on an RB2 who might not be the starting running back on his team. But uh, feel free to disagree with me, guys. No, Gaskin at no point should have been your RB2. Um, at no point. None. <laughs> For your there's, RB2. Never, there's never a time in life when the correct <laughs> answer was Miles Gaskin is my RB2. Mm -mm. No. Can I get down on his shirt? <laughs> 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 I, I don't know, man. I mean, sitting there in oh. points per game, which you guys love, you guys love to tout points per game, right? Not overall season finishes. I mean, he finishes a top, what, 12 yeah. or 15 uh, running back? Would, yeah, he did finish top 12. I would love to have 2020 Gaskin as my RB2, but I don't know if he's coming around. Bend. We just talked about how Malcolm Brown is nobody, right? Salvin Ahmed is his biggest threat, most likely. And Salvin Ahmed, although I like him, and you know, isn't, that, about isn't that concerning that we all know Malcolm Brown's bad, and yet it's like maybe he'll be the starting running back? Like, isn't I that a little bit concerning for Miles Gaskin? I don't think there's a chance in hell. I think that it is 100, uh, you know, Gaskin's job to lose, and I think that he's going to get you less pass game. I think he's going to be hyper efficient one again or uh, hyper-efficient once again. And I think that we're going to see him, you know, carry on the same efficiency that the injury concern. You know who you can take and redraft ADP right now where Miles Gaskin goes? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, DJ yeah. Moore, Tyler yeah. Lockett. All of redraft? these guys. This is no. a redraft? This is yeah, redraft fantasy football calculator right now. This These are the why, guys you can get in round four. That's, like, if that's true, that's why redraft. Yeah, is just take a wide receiver. You just take. You just here's what you do. You go into your draft round one. You know what you do? You right click running back, and then you take one. And then after that, you hit right click wide receiver, and you just take like six in a row, and you don't even look at the running back tab. You just tab out of running back. Tab yeah, out of running back. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting on my shirt. I, I lied. I lied. Do not pick him that high up. He's going top 42, I think it said. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He's 41st overall. That's ridiculous. That's not. No, 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 no. You're all in on Gaskin. You already said it. <laughs> yeah, just take Mike Evans. I was telling you to sound like I wouldn't have drafted him. That, that Regardless of what Brian Flores said, I wasn't drafting him at that high uh, anywhere anyway because he's going to lose that job. Um, <laughs> that's just, it's a fait accompli. <laughs> Yeah. All right, all right. Dave with my spot. favorite comment. Sitting down and looking at it. <laughs> there's too much risk with Gaskin. 
<laughs> Dave, that's great. That's great. I love it. That's awesome. All right, let's let's uh, quickly hit on one other thing here. We got a Wait, quote today. We, we got yeah, one yeah. Oh, Gaskin got... or Damian Harris? Oh, I, it's Gaskin for me, but but there's like four rounds between them, and that's the problem with Gaskin's price. I'm yes. taking Damian. I am too. Damian Harris looked really good, which we'll talk about here in a minute. I, but, I'll, I like the one that actually Gaskin catches now. passes, but whatever. Uh, well, here's the thing. Damian Harris caught passes in college. It's just that Bill Belichick right. is he in college? college tape. <laughs> is he in college? He is. He is in stone okay, college. Good. Good for him. I hope he. I hope he gets his decree. I'll, I'll, <laughs> congratulations on his on his bachelor's of pass catching. Um, <laughs> He's never going to use that degree. He's never going to use it. <laughs> no, Bill Belichick will have no use for that degree. Waste of time and money, uh, like the private educational system is in general. Anyway, uh, all right. Here, let's 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 talk about Antonio Gibson quick. There was a quote about him today. Look, I remember when Gibson I, – I put out a tweet today. I said it's a good thing that Canada has universal health care because I have whiplash from the Antonio Gibson takes. Over a week ago, everyone was pumping up Gibson, myself included, as a top five running back this year because we already saw what he could do on the ground. He's got the athleticism. We already know he has a pass-catching category in college. He's got the bachelor's in pass-catching. Uh, you know, what if they unleash him in this CMC-type role? Then he goes out there. I think there was like, I don't know three snaps on third downs, two, maybe four. And McKissick goes out there and plays them. Peyton Barber gets one carry. All of a sudden, everyone's panicked uh, because he didn't play third downs in the preseason. But then, then third-string quarterback Kyle Allen says that he is going to be used like CMC, and all of a sudden, we're back in on Antonio Gibson. Shane, what do you make of it? Is he Christian McCaffrey, or is he Josh Jacobs, two down back? No, no, he's definitely Christian McCaffrey. Like, those are my only choices. Christian McCaffrey, like, he gets all the passes or none of the passes. Yeah, he's either he's either Josh Jacobs or he's Christian McCaffrey, one of the well, two. Because you're forcing me to, I guess I'm going to have to play some closer to the Christian McCaffrey scale. Um, look, if Rivera doesn't use him in the passing attack, then I, who is – I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is. Right Scott now. Turner. Scott Turner. If Scott Turner from that doesn't matter. If Scott Turner of Norm Turner, uh, it wasn't <laughs> bad. But well, for running backs, at least. But if if he learned anything from his father, or maybe he didn't. Maybe his father will call him and be like, "Hey, you see that guy that was a you know a receiver in college? You 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 might want to go ahead and uh, throw him the fucking ball instead of JD. I catch it and fall down McKissick. <laughs> um, but that." that if wish if wishes you know we got paid for wishes i mean i'd be rich um is that what you wish for shane is money yeah yeah that's all i care about i i um what else would you want shane if you had if you could have any wishes you had three wishes one of them was was antonio gibson to be a top five back another was money what would be your third uh more wishes more wishes you can't do that because then the genie kills you um, your, body your body implodes. Your body Yeah, but if you have more wishes, then you just wish that you're not dead anymore after the yeah. genie kills you. Okay, so that's getting the whole Thanos thing. <laughs> you need the time stone. I don't want to get into that. That's too scientific for this show. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards. I, I'm buying in on Gibson mostly because of what could be there, despite what I've seen from the Washington coaching staff. Which, if I look at it objectively, should frighten me a lot more than it does. Dustin out here throwing cold water on the fire, saying McKissick will get a lot of target. I, by the way, okay, Dustin. First of all, you know I love you, Dustin. So this is not just a shot at you. Like I think that the the version of Twitter that I I hate third most, and maybe I'll get to the the, the other two that I hate actually more, is definitely the like insert backup running back here is going to get more work than you think. Uh, trope. That's like that's that's definitely my least favorite trope. Uh, the McKissick people are a leader of the McKissick will get more work than what, you think trope. <laughs> what do they? Ba- I mean, he got a ton of work last year, so we already think he's going to get some work, right? I don't think he's going to get that much work. Chase, let's let's throw it over to the host of the Washington Intervention, lifelong fan of the football team. Chase is Antonio I, Gibson CMC. Took a one year hiatus, but aside from that one year hiatus, lifetime long fan. Uh, or lifelong fan. Y'all took Anyways, a one-year uh, hiatus from last yeah. year. Yeah, that was bad. So, no, like, oh, I almost did it. I almost said it. I was really close. 
Now, Antonio Gibson, obviously last year, didn't have an opportunity to learn how to pass block. They didn't have the opportunity to teach it to him as much in, in college because he, they had, what, Tony Pollard, Drell Henderson, you know, Kenny Gainwell there to play the running back position. Meanwhile, you have this 228-pound just speed demon who runs a 4-3-7 who is literally there just to bowl over smaller safeties and slot cornerbacks and outrun them. If, you know, he doesn't get behind them, then he bowls them over. And so, yeah, they had no reason to teach him to pass block. So he comes into the Washington football team facility, and guess what? They can't practice. They can't physically contact each other as much as they would like to. So uh, the a little creepy. The reality of the situation is he just hasn't have, had a chance to pass block, and that's what they worked on this past yeah, year. Absolutely. Uh, Jaden McKissick got 110 targets, I believe, last year. Yeah. 110. More than Mike Evans. More than Mike Evans. Uh, I want to say what it, Gibson got, like something around like. 30 receptions or something along those lines. I don't know. Why don't you look it up instead of just making up numbers and pulling them out of your ass? Okay, Shane. That's that's a good show, Shane, is watching Chase search up stats. Yep. So That's that's what the people want to see. We want to watch us sit here and watch Chase Google. So I said 30. I got most of my numbers pretty accurate. So You're pretty close there, so good job. And I don't know what J.D. McKissick was, but I'm almost 100% sure it was like 110. So even if he gets, let's just say, you know, 20% of those, right? And we add those on to, to the top there with his, uh, what, reception rate being right around uh, 78% off the top of my head. Once again, I'm pretty sure that we're going to see Antonio Gibson come on top with minimum of 50 receptions this upcoming year. You know, you add on the yards, his ability to break tackles, his ability to make players miss in the open field, and his speed to outrun linebackers. Dude, Antonio Gibson is a home run this year, and he should end up finishing as a top seven, maybe top five running back at the end of the season. He's going right. to smash this year. I'm all in for that. I'm all in on Gibson. I, I got Gibson as my my RB5 right now in redraft formats. I'm, I'm all about Antonio Gibson. All right, let's 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 quickly do a little bit of stock rising, stock falling from the preseason. Feel free, if you're in the chat, if you're hanging out with us, to suggest a name. We will let you know if we think their stock is up or down or just really any question you want. But let's start with you, Shane. I noticed on Twitter, look, you, you have a certain Twitter header. And, you know, you're bleeding green. You got the 1-8. He's looking stoic. And you said today that you're back in on Jalen Rager. Shane, is it true that you're solely back in on a faceplant rookie because they made a couple of one-headed catches at the training camp? <laughs> Look, <laughs> he's made plays all camp, not just the one-handed ones. But After he's been he passed his physical. He's, he's been making plays at camp every day. Every day I'm reading the camp reports, there's some great play that Rager made. Um, he's had you know additional time to gel with Hertz because Devontae was like, oh, I can't practice because of a sprained MCL or whatever, some weakness. So BMI related for sure. It's not completely because of the highlights. But that's uh, a lot. I, Sorry. I and then it's the rest is because you're an Eagles fan. The, the highlights are probably a good 35%. <laughs> okay. 35%. Highlights are 35%. What percentage is homerism? That's another five. That's another okay. five to 10. Probably and then 10. what what percentage is masochism? Uh 33%. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 27% you're actually in on right. And I did say it's a bad bet. And I just, you know, earlier I looked it up on a stat head. Um, and if you use their stats, you should really think hard about citing them. Um, it's what it says on there. They don't even demand it. That's really nice of them. They're just like, hey, <laughs> if you get a chance, maybe just mention that you got this data from us. Um <laughs> The way I, I figured it in the last 20 years, there's been 29 bust uh, wide receivers in the first round. Um, that matches Rager's bust, 400 yards or less. Um, and there's been six instances where um, those guys have gone on to do anything. And I included Nelson Aguilar in the anything pile. <laughs> um, I'm giving him last season, you know, even though no one drafted him as such. But there's only been six times. And I'm not great with math, but it falls. It's like right around 20%. So I know so what you're saying thing. is 100% of shitty Eagles wide receivers will eventually be half decent on their second contract. I'm saying, look, <laughs> if I, I'm gonna make, you don't have to make a bet that on was, anyone. But here's we're, only two, we're only two years away from J-Job posting 900 yards on the Raiders. Uh, is, it, is it just yeah, one year? He'll be out of a job. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 
look, you don't have to bet on any of these guys, but if I'm going to fall, fall for narrative, I'll fall for the Rager narrative where the Eagles were one of the worst just franchises in the history of football last year. Um, so I'll give Rager a little bit of a pass. Also, I own him in so many leagues. What, what am I going to do with him? Am I going to sell him now for a third? <laughs> I mean, just, I have to hold on to him, you know, until I at least gain some second round value. And then I'll, I'll consider moving him. Shane, Shane, you feel like the guy at the poker table where like you just got beat. You had a, you had a three of a kind you had three Kings. And you're like, all right, looking good. And you put a guy all in, he's got the three aces. And now you're like, Hey, well, you know, what am I going to do? I got a pair of eights. I guess I'm all in on the pair of eights, you know, and that, that's how we got to build the stack back. It's sad, it's sad to see, man. It's better. Yeah, look, look, what are you, what are you going to do? You got, you're going to trade him now? You get a third round draft pick for him? No. You hope he hits? Him. You hope he hits him. one or two weeks in the first week. You know, hopefully if he goes out there and, and pops the first week, second week, you know, you can recoup some of that value and, and try to move him for a second in a few leagues. I agree. I, I look, I would love a Jalen Rager comeback season. I, I loved, loved, loved Jalen Rager as a prospect. I'm pretty much off that ship right now, but like, I'll happily get right back on the ship. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> if he, if he, he didn't ask up. me how much of a percentage was this. I don't feel like getting a new header. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Bob could take care of that for you. I mean, <sighs> Bob, we might have to talk. But, he reminds me so much of like a mini version of Josh Jackson, like his catches and everything that he's doing in camp and like all the hype that's surrounding him at all times. And then yeah, he has like one... Jalen Rager was actually a good analytical prospect and Josh Doxson was trash. What are you talking about? Josh Doxson was a monster coming out of school with his analytics. Like his, his no, he, no, 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 no. He was like a five year yeah. player. Oh, except for the one little aspect. Well, that's outside of that. You mean so besides the fact that he didn't have a breakout? I thought it was four-year. I thought it was four-year prospect, by the way. Am I wrong on that? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was either five-year or like or like redshirt senior or something like really gross. So his like breakout year got like pushed way back. Look, and Whatever, I, no one cares about Josh Doxson, but there's a site that I'm not going to cite, but um, they have uh, Rager's breakout age is 18.7. It's really good, and his college dominator in the 74th percentile. Courtesy of player profile. And um, <laughs> what? Um, courtesy of player profile, profiler.com. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, comparing him to Doxton isn't, look, besides the fact that we're already past that one year college thing, like that, what really we should be focusing on if you want to trash Rager is what he didn't do in his first year. That's all you need to yeah. cite. Like he didn't hit any That's threshold true. that you want to see. I went on Reddit. Just to look at some things, his yards per target falls into the bust category. He's the second worst reception perception performer in their rookie year, literally of all time. Yeah, yeah. Matt <laughs> Harmon hates him. I mean, look, if Matt Harmon hates him, and Matt Harmon seems like a friendly enough guy, I mean, he won't come <laughs> on any of my shows. But sure, I'm sure he's friendly. Um, yeah, but if Matt Harmon hates him, it's probably not great. Look, it's not a good bet. It's not a good bet. <laughs> He's already said. All right. That's okay. Fine. So first, first stock rising is Shane saying that it's Dylan Rager, but it's not a very good bet. It's just he doesn't want to change his Twitter header. Chase, give us some more inspiration. Who 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 are you rising on? Are we doing individual players? Or are we doing preseason lessons? I'm trying to figure out the show sheet. That's all. Oh, I'm not paying attention. I don't know. I just pick do whatever. Player, pick a player. All right. So let's go with. Um, hmm. Let's go with. Uh, snaps like from Eno Benjamin and seeing the role that he had. Uh, he's now being used in the special teams as a kick returner. He ended up having a couple burst kick returns right off the bat. He then comes on the field. I believe he has what five rushes for 50 yards and a touchdown. Yes, and a touchdown. Wait, wait, wait. We're happy about Eno Benjamin's role in the preseason? Yeah, for him to come in and, and play the, the small amount that he did. He's now supposedly moved up on the depth chart, according okay. to the reporters, to the third person on the depth chart. And he's going to be out James Conner. He's going to beat out James Conner, and he's most likely going to beat out Jay, uh, Chase Edmonds by the end of the season. I, I'm sitting there thinking that that Eno Benjamin, we could be walking in and seeing Angel Benjamin in the same world we see Gaskin in, essentially, where hey, nobody sees him coming. He's a late-round performer. You know, Chris carson S type uh, a role right now. I like it, man. I think that Eno Benjamin could absolutely be a stud in this offense, especially with Kyle Murray. I think his efficiency is going to be through the roof. You know what? I, I'm I'm behind. Okay, I'm behind Eno. I'm behind the Eno part of this. So I really like Eno Benjamin as a prospect. I thought he should have gone on day two. Uh, I think there might have been a little bit of character concern issue there. I'm not 100 percent sure. 
I love Eno's prospect. 15.6% college target share. That's what you want to see. Yep. Got decent speed. He's got really good burst. He's got you know, right at the sort of the low end of the proper size. He's like that CEH, DeAndre Swift kind of Aaron Jones level size, right? That's what we want to see out of a guy. The other thing I like about Eno, right, it's like all the Chase Evans people, like the Arizona running back debate is so funny because the Chase Evans people are never like, look at our guy, he's so good. It's like, what do you mean, James Conner? He's old and he's bad and he's hurt all the time. And the James Conner people are like, what, Chase Edmonds? He can't even run the ball. And it's like if the two sides are just saying that the other guy sucks the whole time, it's like maybe there could be a third guy. Maybe that could be, you know, Benjamin. My, my issue was they had the preseason game. James Conner didn't even play in the preseason game. Chase Edmonds got all the snaps with the first team. Then they went to, what's his name, Ward, I think, uh, uh, Hospital Ward. Then then finally it was, you know, Benjamin got in. That's my concern uh, is just that the actions speak louder than the words. However, if in a preseason game soon he starts getting any reps with the ones, uh, you know, I, I'll get pretty immediately excited about Brian Eno Benjamin. Shane, uh, you have a lesson based on Chase's bad guy. Yeah, so, you know, just just – don't uh, find what you want to find, what you're already looking for um, in preseason. Sorry. Um, Such a good comment. When, you know, like you you go into the preseason looking for reasons that, you know, Benjamin is going to be the, the RB1 in Arizona. And then you bring up some fourth quarter snaps that he got and that he's third string on the depth chart. I would yeah. hope he's third string on the depth chart. Like who else was on that depth chart? He's got carries in the, in the second who? quarter, I believe, from what I was wondering. Ward. I, yeah, I don't know that that's and, a person. You know, actually did not play a single snap last year. So that was my biggest concern. Good sell. Good sell. No, no, no that, that's just, a massive concern. It really is. But at the same yeah. time, you know, there have been worse situations for players. Like, why are people running out and vouching for, like, Justin Jackson, for example, who's another seventh-round pick who, you know, yeah, he's number two. Player. Well, yeah, and he's actually – and we've and, – and, and in limited sample size, we've seen Justin Jackson actually produce a little bit. And, yeah, he is number two. And, and we saw his – the direct replacement that they drafted last year was awful and they've realized that. And as soon as Justin Jackson was able to play, they let him have a job back. So, I mean, that's the reason. Look, I loved Eno in college. I absolutely adored him. And then he left, lasted until the seventh round. Right. Yeah, and then I decided I no longer like him. Jamar yeah. Jefferson for 2021 was my Eno Benjamin back in 2020 of like the college guy who I really, really liked. And then I, I woke I check after day two and I go, oh, shit, I don't see his name here. And then I go, okay, yeah, well, on yeah, to my next stream. Most of these players that are going in the seventh round, they're behind studs. Like they're behind like complete like stud aspects where we're talking yeah. about, you know, uh, Austin Eckler, right? We're talking about uh, DeAndre Swift. They're not going to – seventh round pick isn't going to seed work from a player that's already right. made a name for himself. Chase Edmonds hasn't done shit in the league so far. And James Conner has proven that he can't stay healthy. So mm -hmm. you're talking about a backfield very similar to Seattle's backfield back four or five years ago where there's nobody there. There's a bunch of players with potential, and that's it. Like, why I, not, you know, take a shot on a guy in a late round like, you know, Benjamin, who could actually seize a, a starting role? I'm here for it. I'm here to turn on the Warren Jets and, and get rolling with some Brian Eno Benjamin. All right. Uh, here's my guy. Stock is rising. We're putting on for our city. We're talking about Drew Locke, baby. The stock is rising on Drew Locke. Yes. I think that the Denver Broncos want, in their heart of hearts, Drew Locke to take the job. Right? You, Everybody knows Teddy Bridgewater isn't all that great. He is a stopgap solution. They paid, what, a seventh-round pick for him, sixth-round pick for him? You know, a guy that doesn't really matter. Right? So their perfect world, Drew Locke is their franchise quarterback. He has a better chance, even if that's like a 0.1% chance of being a franchise quarterback, than Teddy Bridgewater, who has a 0% chance of being a franchise quarterback. So Drew Locke doesn't need to go and be better than Bridgewater. He just needs to, to be serviceable. He needs to be good. And he was better than that. They were playing against, obviously, a bunch of second stringers for Minnesota. They didn't field a full team. But he went out and he torched them. You know, throws an absolute beautiful ball to K.J. Hamler on the touchdown strike. Goes up, leads another touchdown drive. I believe he was 5 of 7 for 145 and a touchdown. I mean, that's what you want to see from Drew Locke. And you know what? I do think, in a sense, it is a little bit of stock up for the offense. I think that the, like, if I'm ranking what I want at quarterback for these Denver wide receivers, it would be improved Drew Locke, regular Teddy, Drew Locke, we've always seen. Uh, and in a world where we might get improved Drew Locke, that actually makes Sodden and Judy and even Hamler and Fant 
a little bit more interesting to me. So my, my stock is rising on Drew Locke. Drew Locke has wheels, man. Drew Locke has wheels, but they Shermer for some reason. So Shermer, his entire career has had a top 10 rushing quarterback all the way back to like before David Garrard. Right, David Garrard, I think there was one quarterback that he coached that he had an offense coordinator for that was not top 10 in rushing. But for some reason, he does not want to roll Drew Locke out of the pocket. He does not want to give him the ability to pick up uh, yards with his legs. And I think he had the sixth fastest 40 time or tied for the sixth fastest 40 time uh, with any active player in the NFL last year who was a starter. So I'm sitting there. Ooh, I finished that. I think that Drew Locke still has a big time, big time potential to be a stud in this league when it comes, when it comes to. Uh, Wait, did you just say Drew Locke could be a stud? He could be a stud when it comes to fantasy assets, not a stud in terms of starting an NFL quarterback. But I think that he could be a stud in terms of fantasy, very similar to Justin Fields or very similar to wait, Trey Lance. No, I, but he wait, could wait, actually wait. be a stud. What about Drew Locke is similar to Justin Fields? I'm just kidding. No, there is, there's no comparison there. There's literally no comparison there. I'm just Shane's face. I still think that Drew Locke at his ADP could become a stud and become a big-time asset. Is it his ADP the pocket. In seasonal leagues, so that's that's. I think, I think Drew Locke is going to be really good if his wide receivers are wide open and score touchdowns like KJ Hamler did this uh, week. I think definitely he could definitely be good if that happens a lot. Um, did you see that dime, man? That was a dime. As Chase Edmonds would say, that was a dime in any currency. I don't know. I don't understand that concept um because they don't call it a dime in other in other countries so that that comment doesn't make any why don't sense you, why don't you reply to chase edmund's tweet to let him know that wait do you guys have dimes i don't like the at players i think that's tag yeah, so I'm not yeah we have them. we have dimes chase yes are they called canadian dimes no they're just called dimes and they have a nova scotia <laughs> schooner on them they're called nooners um so all right I, now i'm intrigued now i have to go look it up after the show to see if they have dimes in so, other countries. so yeah, we have a, so you're all in on drew lock this year no no I said if they utilize him like that, but they don't, so I'm out. <laughs> I, I'm I'm speculatively interested in Drew Locke this year, mostly just because I think that Teddy Bridgewater is really not fun to watch, and I think that Drew Locke is quite fun to watch. Not in a way that he's good, but like in the same way that you watch like Love Island. It's like, oh, this is like this could go in a number of different ways, but it has potential to be entertaining, <laughs> and so I enjoy watching Drew Locke. You know who I, I think he could have, uh, as, and he's a better runner, but I think he could have the upside uh, in his uh, best-case scenario, um, Jay Cutler. Um, yeah. But not like the superb Jay Cutler seasons. Like the more like really scattershot ones where you were like, oh, my God, he is so good. And then the very next play, you're like, I don't know that he can see. Um, <laughs> so that, that's that's what I think. Drew Locke could be – he could have like a Ryan Fitzpatrick career. Definitely, definitely. Um, But yeah, for some reason, I'm getting a Jay Cutler field going where I I feel like there's going to be seasons, yeah, where he has 25 touchdowns thrown, and you're like, that's not bad. And then, you know, 18 interceptions. And uh, another season, he goes 28 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. So I could see that in his range of outcomes, at least one or two of those types of seasons. All right, Shane, who's your your stock down uh, after week one of the preseason here? Uh... I had no one. I literally picked no one. I think there's a question in the audience. Um, <laughs> I don't think. Okay. Oh, actually, here we go. Let's talk about this quick while you figure it out. Mark says Michael Carter is stock up. Uh, I totally disagree. I think yes, Michael yeah. Carter is glaringly stocked down. Uh, they had 22 snaps with the first team offense. Tevin Coleman was rested, which frankly, he's probably most stock up just by virtue of being rested because that means they think he's important. And of the 22 remaining snaps, Ty Johnson got 13. Michael Carter got nine. I uh, Look, I wouldn't panic. Michael Carter's a rookie. Um, you know, Travis Etienne didn't lead them in snaps either. I, I certainly don't think that if a rookie doesn't lead your team in snaps the first week of the preseason that he, he doesn't have a chance to lead them in the regular season. But uh, I think that, a lot of people were seemingly under the expectation that he had already won this job, and that seems to pretty clearly not be the case. Agreed. I honestly think that he actually took a hit in his stock, like you brought up. I, I'm not very enthusiastic about any of this, but you know what? They need to give him the game. They need to see the first team offense in the game to an extent. Some use. Uh, I still think that it's Tevin Coleman's job to start up the season. I think that Michael Carter could see a similar trajectory, like, you know, a. Uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, something like that, or a Jim 
Dobbins, where is he them? And I don't think he's them. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like usage wise to where we don't see him used until like week 12, 13, 14, um, which hurts his trajectory for redraft tremendously. Like he could be a drop candidate by week six. Yeah. I mean, my, my issue with Michael Carter is like usually when you're betting on rookies, like the point is that you're not betting on why I love drafting rookies and redraft usually is because it's not a volume bet, right? Like I, the idea of drafting ETN is enticing to me because it's like, why does he go in round five? It's because people don't think he's going to get all the volume right away. But no one's being like, oh, I think he actually sucks. Or I don't think he's an explosive athlete. Or I don't think he'll be efficient. It's just, I don't know what his workload's going to be. Whereas Carter's the opposite, right? Like everyone's like, oh, I'm just drafting him because I think he'll get a workload. But he's like slow and small uh, and has never carried a full workload in his life. So I, I think he's, I don't know. He's just weird to me. I, I don't really draft a whole lot of Michael Carter. Yep. Shane, you I'm, always uh, have good takes on Michael Carter. You I, Michael I just Carter. I don't want to be negative. I'm trying to be a positive guy. <laughs> um, Ty Johnson looked good. Yeah. Yes, and that's my guy. I like Ty Johnson more than I like Michael Carter, but Same. you know, a lot of people seem to like Michael Carter. So we'll see. I just I I just don't see it. I I, I frankly don't see it. He's fourth round running back. Like it's just there's nothing exciting there. We just saw this last year with Michael P. Ryan. Like you know the fourth round running backs don't generally don't perform well all right you guys ready to talk about my stock down because I'm, I'm finally getting the Wait, that wasn't, to, be able to, to mention uh, it oh jesus that's again yeah let's talk about your stock down chase oh man it's uh it's actually colin johnson to be honest with you your stock is down on colin johnson so colin johnson led the team in snaps to the wide receiver position during preseason however he only had one reception on the game he's been dropping a bunch of balls in practice um, the team is using him in the same role they use DJ Chark, but that's not his suited role, essentially, because he has he doesn't have speed. Like he does, he has long strides, so he can get the ball in the end zone. But you know, it's is his like, suitable role tight end? It could be potentially, but not anytime soon. And he's not going to be able to block, so it's going to be only on passing plays that he's going to be in there, uh, majority wise in the red zone. So to see him barely utilized as the guy they're calling plays for you know, all these quarterbacks to pass up on the players that they're targeting. It, dude, it, it hurts me. It pains me. Yes, Dave, it pains me to say this. And I'm huge. Dude, I'm huge pe- people Johnson. are, people are so sad to see you finally for this Colin Johnson threat. No, 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 no. I'm not dropping them. I just said stock down and my stock is way higher than probably anybody's stock in this entire yeah, that's, that's for sure. Or on Twitter. So I'm very, very high. It's just now it's kind of like bringing back down to real life. But like, Hey, so like a wide receiver too. Yeah, like a wide receiver too. He's not Here. the starting wide receiver. He's not the wide receiver one for Jacksonville anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Here's, can I, can I add a lesson into this? Okay, so first of all, he was never the wide receiver one for Jacksonville. He was the wide uh, receiver. No, no, he definitely was not. <laughs> uh, so here's here's the thing that I feel strongly about with preseason. Uh, I think that usage is way more important than stats, and even the usage is usually overrated because you're looking at tiny little samples, right? Like people were talking, maybe people made a big thing about how they had four 12 personnel snaps. And Juju got three and Claypool got one. It's like, okay, well, so if Claypool didn't need like an extra sip of Gatorade one snap, then they're two, two. And now like, there's a whole new narrative. Like I, I, when it's, when the sample size are that small, I think it's insane. But here's what I, here's what I do think is nice about the usage for Colin Johnson uh, is they played Colin Johnson and Marvin Jones uh, every single snap in 11 personnel. And when they went to 12 personnel, which is probably not going to happen, a whole lot in Jacksonville this year. I don't know how that happens. Uh, they they took uh, it can't happen now. They cut Tim Tebow. Uh, so <laughs> when they go to twelve personnel, they they took Chanel off the field and they left Colin Johnson on the field. So that's encouraging. Uh, does that happen where, when Chark is back? Stuff? Does that happen when Chark comes back? Uh, probably not. But uh, I don't know. It could be worse. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess what would be better is if he like caught a bunch of passes and then they were like, "How can we ever take you off the field?" Uh, but the thing that the thing that sucked, the thing that followed it up is like this past week prior to, and he's been making crazy catches all season. And he makes he's always made great, amazing catches. That everybody's like, how the hell did he make it? Well, he's like, you know what? Do you know why it always so looks incredible as catches? Because he's always covered. Yeah, true, true. Like wide receivers that don't have separation. Yeah. That's why people are like, oh my god, Nikhil Harry makes these circus catches all the time because there's always defensive backs that are draped onto him because that's he can't true. separate. Yeah, that's very true. But Colin Johnson being six eight. That's already a separation or six six. That's already a separation in itself. Call him so six ten, almost... six eight, and six six. All <laughs> he, of the last Rashad minute. Bateman. Rashad <laughs> yeah, Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Is that why <laughs> like his stock is dropping? 
No, no, but but seriously, like I love Colin Johnson. It was definitely a little bit discouraging that he only got one target, although he played all those snaps. And I know that being on the, the field is key. However, when DJ Chark comes back, he was playing the role that they used for DJ Chark, which means that he was just essentially being a decoy and running the same system that we're already going to run. What was mainly discouraging for me, though, is he was not the first read because if he was the first read for for – Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence would have made those throws necessary in order to get Colin Johnson the receptions. Yeah. When you sit there and you talk about players on the field, you also want to see them get a target per, target percentage. We talk about uh, the the wide receiver for the Chargers last year, who Jalen Guyton, who ran yeah, he was a running wind sprints. He saw what man makers up and down the field. Six, yeah, nine point six, I think. Uh, on his target res- or, uh, target percentage per route, yeah. I don't want to see that for Colin Johnson. Like I'd rather see a smaller target percentage, but yet him get utilized in the red zone than see him just on the field running around not getting targets. Do you think it'd be better if he got caught? No, no. no. <laughs> I want him with Trevor Lawrence forever. <laughs> okay. Shane, who's your stock down? Have you figured it out yet? I mean, is, is, how about stock down on your microphone? Because you're uh, on mute. Uh, I'm not being negative. Um there's going to be no negativity on my timeline today. Um, wow. I'm giving no one stock down because, you know, it's the first week of the fucking preseason. Relax. How about this? <laughs> Carry on Johnson since he's no longer on a football team. That's, That's not great. One. Not great, Bob. You know what? All right. I just want to quickly say eulogy for Carry on Johnson. Like, uh, you came into our lives. You had a cool name. Uh, but honestly, beta personality, uh, when they – when they said they were going to give you the ball more, he was like, no, actually, 12 touches a game is good for me. If I take any more, my knee will spontaneously combust. Uh, and then it did. Uh, and that's it for Carry On. The, the one thing that I do feel annoyed about with Carry On Johnson is that because he got hurt all the time, people who thought Carry On Johnson was good will now say that he would have been good if it wasn't for the injuries and he'll be like a one that got away when actually he wasn't very good. But uh, Carry On, I wish you well. I, I certainly. Uh, you know, as, as much as I never liked you as a prospect, I uh, I definitely don't enjoy watching your career uh, waste away. So that's that's very sad for carry on. Uh, I'll get a stock down. I, I don't know why Shane got all positive all of a sudden, but good for him, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll just let me just pull up the S and P five hundred real quick, and you know, find find some stocks that are struggling. Uh, no, I think that stock down for me. Uh, this one. I'll, I'll be honest about it. We're staying with the Jaguars. Uh, and I'm, it's a guy that I love very much. I'm not stock out, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mildly worried about LaVisca Chenault. I would have liked to see him stay on the field. Uh, I think that the, the bet on Chenault this year was that he would be the wide receiver one. And by that, I don't just mean the most targeted wide receiver. I, I think it's very feasible. He could be the most targeted wide receiver as a slot only guy in that offense because they're going to run 11 personnel, I think all the time. <laughs> But my issue is just when they went to 12, they didn't even have Chark there. And they were still like, they're like, Colin Johnson, you stay out there. On, on two snaps, they actually went to 12 personnel with the first team offense. And they put Laquan Treadwell out there as the outside wide receiver. Uh, I don't think that that's very smart. But that seems like what Urban Meyer has decided to do. Uh, I would. I don't think that Levis Gishinol is a slot-only player. I think he can play outside. But it's, it very much concerns me that Urban Meyer seems to disagree with me. Uh, I don't have... a ton of faith in rational coaching from Urban Meyer. Uh, and I think that it is concerning to me if he's a slot-only player and he's going to stay in the low eight-out role. I, I'm not, like, super concerned. I still like him. I still think he's going to get a ton of targets in that role. Uh, I still think he's going to be very good for fantasy. I still think he's probably underpriced. But I, I just – I really think that the sort of, like, top 12 ceiling where he's just going to be the guy this year that totally breaks out – Depends on him being more than a slot guy with a six-yard dot, And uh, definitely what I saw last night or in the first week was not great for, for that version of LaVisca Chanel. It was definitely concerning to an extent, but at the same time, I think that, you know, I like the fact that whenever he was on the field, he got targeted. Yeah. Like, I mean, he had, what, like a 70% target share while he was on the field or when he ran routes. It was it was crazy, whatever the percentage They're peppering was. him, yeah. Uh, they, they peppered him when he was on the field. So I think it was more of a preseason week one narrative than it was a, you know, a seasonal, you know, as we advance further narrative. I, I think like you brought up earlier, like they're not going to play a bunch of 12 personnel. He's going to be on the field. When he's on the field, he's going to get targeted. He's actually almost one of my stock up guys, but I just could not get over that average depth of target, which you also brought up. That's very disappointing to see him not actually take it for less than what, like seven yards per reception or whatever it was. It was bad. Oh. 
You mentioned target rate. I want to give a bonus stock up. Uh, my guy, Corey Davis. My guy, Corey Davis. Stock way up on Corey Davis. Corey Davis, 100% target rate, baby. 100%. Every single time that Corey Stud Davis was on the field running a route, they threw it to him. That's what I want to see, man. Zach Wilson, first start, and he's absolutely peppering Corey Davis with targets. I understand Elijah Moore uh, was not on the field. Uh, my, my favorite comment, by the way, when I posted about how excited I was for Corey Davis was someone was like, why does that have anything to do with Corey Davis? What if Zach Wilson just threw it to the right player? I was like, well, actually, I think that it probably has something to do with Corey Davis if he was the right player on 100% of the routes that he ran. Maybe he got open. Uh, so I think Corey Davis is good. Uh, I think he is the most underdrafted player in seasonal fantasy leagues. I think it's a travesty that he goes like the 10th round when he's probably going to lead his team in targets. Uh, that was great. And my guy, Lindsay, a.k.a. law firm guy in the chat saying, when you're sitting there and looking at it, me and Jamie Lannister bear a striking resemblance. Uh, what do you think? Stock up or stock down for the Jacob Sanders and Jamie Lannister comparison? Uh, stock has to go up after night, but I still believe that you are the Mighty Ducks bad guy in that whole situation. Shane, do you think I'm more Jamie Lannister or Mighty Ducks bad guy? Or have you seen Game of Thrones? Uh, Jamie Lannister definitely have a Jamie Lannister vibe to you. I'm not saying you would have sex with a, a relative. I'm an only child, luckily, so I'd have to get <laughs> goodness. Um, yes, you might have to go cousin route, but yeah, I'll go with Jamie Lannister. Just That's more of a Targaryen just, thing. Yeah. Did you just say I'll have to get creative? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's not say you have to look. Targaryens were all about the cousins, but uh, the Lannisters, they were strictly a brother, sister, or bust. Yeah. So yeah. I do want to address this comment real quick with Dustin Ross, 30 in the chat. Yeah, let's do it. So we said, I don't think he's going to sling it. I, I don't, I do think Zach Wilson's going to sling it, but I think it's a controlled sling, right? Like they're going to have. Controlled sling. It's going to be controlled is that, sling. Is that like the name of your like early 90s grunge band? Controlled they're going sling. going to limit the, the areas they sling it. Uh, when limited they, areas of sling yeah so looking at the shanann system right which next up it's chase vernon with controlled sling controlled sling, pearl go. jam but the the most accurate targets when targeting a team 20 or more yards uh for the over the past two years have been quarterbacks from the 49ers it was nick mullins last year it was jimmy garoppolo two years ago the most accurate quarterback in college for passes of 30 or more yards was actually zach wilson uh, out of college. And that's in over the past like 10 years, Zach Wilson has been the most accurate for passes of 30 or more yards. Yes, I think he's going to sling it, but they work off the play action a lot. They work off the motion a lot and they work off of underneath passes a whole lot. So I think they're going to wait until the right opportunity to get a guy open. And I think their first read is going to be a player like we see with Elijah Moore, even a Denzel Mims, I think is going to be used underneath as a Deeper. He's going to be just used saying, underneath as a gunner on special teams. I, I'm just saying I think that they will see plenty of opportunities downfield, but it's not going to be like, you know, we're not going to see him throw it eight times uh, over 20 yards. It's going to be closer to three to four times a game, and they're going to pick and choose when they do it, when the defense starts to move in, when they when they start to bite, and they're able to target these guys deep downfield. So controlled sling. Yeah, but if I knew this is not a great guy for Justin. Controlled slinger is the new confident plot. Uh, last, last question of the night to you uh, about Denzel Mims. Have you ever had bad salmon? And do you think that bad salmon should play more of a role in analytics? Uh, definitely. Um, if you don't know the R for uh, the salmon, then, you know, swimming upstream, then do you even know? Do you even fantasy football? I don't yeah. think you do. I, I look. He looked good on um, whatever day they played. Sure right? did. PFF's highest rated jet, eighty-five grade. So I mean, playing maybe, as the wide receiver seven against maybe, maybe, team. Maybe it was the salmon. I'm not buying that. But you know, whatever. You're a professional athlete, and salmon made you lose twenty pounds. No, dude, get out of here. Yeah, I think uh, we'll see on that. All right, Shane said it's time for bed. Uh, Shane, I, I hope you get a beauty rest, buddy. I, I know that you're at an age where hangovers are probably a multi-day occurrence. So I, my hope is that by next Tuesday, your nine-day Fantasy Expo hangover will have subsided and you'll be with us at full force and you'll be a little bit more negative again. Uh, otherwise, thank you, Shane, for being with us. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, everybody in the chat, especially Dave, Dustin, law firm guy, 
other Dustin, the Husker Dustin. Uh, we had Mike in with us. Sorry, Mark in with us. We had the chef in with us. Facebook user, other Facebook user. Everybody, we appreciate you guys very, very much. Taylor, if I didn't, does anyone I didn't mention, I apologize deeply. We appreciate you all very much for being here with us tonight. Uh, quickly, before I live goodbyes, I forgot to mention, of course, uh, Budget Golf. Uh, you can go to budgetgolf.com or even better, you can go and click on the link in the YouTube description so they know that we sent you. They got all sorts of deals on golf shoes, on bags, on clubs, everything that you need to get at Budget Golf and free shipping over $150. Once again, that's Budget Golf. Please click on the link in the YouTube description so that they know we sent you. Chase. I, I did notice real quick that they're actually having like bigger discounts what they previously had. I think it's because we're coming to the end of the summertime Ooh. and like they realize we're going to the winter. So, like, so if they're already budget yeah. golf, what are they now? Is it like super budget super golf? Super budget golf. For sure. For sure. I actually should send, send them that name and see what they think. How about like bad salmon budget golf? <laughs> God, stop. All right. So. Uh, I will make an announcement real quick that we are going to move, be moving over to Wednesday nights once the season starts. It's going to become uh, – Shane, we talked about it's, this, you asshole. It's like. going to become our flagship show, so make sure you guys go check us out. Whoa. On Wednesday pressure. nights. I'm very, this means, very you're, this means you're hosting on Wednesdays now, right? Yep, weekly guests, all sorts of fun stuff. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that, Jacob. But uh, because <laughs> Mike hosted the last one. So, uh, oh, no, we, we co-hosted. It was co-host. But we have Shane looks much more like Mike than I do. It was, uh, it was fun. It was it was a great time overall. So we're gonna move it over to Wednesday nights. We got games going for that. It's it's a lot of fun. Oh, it'll be great. So live. go check us out. YouTube.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. You can also find us over there at FF underscore intervention and join our circle underscore on Twitter at join our circle underscore on Twitter. You guys can also go find our content. We have Three articles scheduled for this week at fantasyintervention.com. Once again, it's fantasyintervention.com. Maybe I can make it four. And you guys, yeah, go follow us at youtube.com slash fantasyintervention. That's the biggest help. That's awesome. All right, Shane, where can we find you? What are you up to? CNN fact checker. Um, just checking facts. Um, taking names. Uh, at Shane is the worst. <laughs> I got stuff, podcasts, videos, whatever. Make sure you go check out Jacob's new article. I'm supposed to plug that. I appreciate it even more from you, Shane. No, are you kidding? I hate talking about my own stuff. Please tell everybody how brilliant I am. I, I would hate plugging my own stuff. Jacob too. is brilliant, in case you didn't know. I give this kid shit all the time, but he really is really sharp. Um, he wasn't at the expo, but I did mention him a few times to people when they were oh, we did too. about we did uh, too. smart analysts. I said, oh, you make shit. sure you follow Jacob because, you know, before long, he's going to be everything he does is going to cost you money to, to pay attention to. So. Dude, I'm, I'm Canadian, man. We have universal health care and universal fantasy coverage. Oh, no, that's there's crazy. no paywalls in Canada. In, in in America, there's border walls and paywalls. Uh, and in Canada, there's nothing. It's just, you know, Tim Hortons and communism and beavers. <laughs> <laughs> Bag milk. All right. Thanks, Shane. I appreciate that, man. Honestly, honestly, like, look, and Shane, likewise to you, man. People think you're like a funny guy, which you are. Uh, I saw that touching uh, Twitter story that you had, and look, I, I don't know what I don't know what the definition uh, is of this industry of of making it, but uh, you know, I'll tell, I'll say this: you, you certainly make my week every time when I get the opportunity to podcast with you. So I uh, I appreciate working with you a ton. I, I appreciate bonding with you. I always appreciate seeing whatever stuff you're up to and listening to your other shows and all the cool stuff you do. So we love you, Shane. Agreed. And uh, as for my stuff, yes, I do have a new article out on uh, Shane. Well, what's the website called? You pronounced it so eloquently before. Player Mom. Yeah, you can find it on playerprofiler.com. Uh, make sure to cite it in MLA format. Uh, and you can find it on playerprofiler.com. It's on the anatomy of a league breaking stack. This is probably, honestly, this has been the most fun series that I've been writing this summer. Uh, I can't not give some credit to J.J. Zacharyson, the great late-round quarterback who's been doing these breakout running back, breakout wide receiver articles uh, for a while. And I thought, you know, what would this be like if we translated that over to stacks? And so I, I did a piece on the anatomy of a league-winning stack. What historically have these stacks looked like that have produced this massive, massive win rate over expectation? And as soon as I log off this show, I will be writing a follow-up piece which is five stacks based on this criteria set to uh, to break your league in 2021. So make sure to check that out on where, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, bro.
Exactly. All right, you can follow me at underscore TDV. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Shane. We love you. We love you guys in the chat. And have a good night. We will see you back here next Tuesday. We have, what, two more Tuesdays, and then it's Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. sure. Who's, uh, who's on with us next week? Chase, you booked this one, right? 24th? Wait, I did that. Oh. Wait, <laughs> we've got Zach Reed on next week. We got Zach Reed on next week. Thanks for the smooth outro. We got Zach Reed yeah, on with Bob us next Harris week. Bob Harris is the week after that. We got Zach Reed on the 24th. We got Bob Harris on the 31st. And then we will be going to Wednesday nights all season long. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you. Catching the ball, if I remember right. Bryce Love? I, I don't know. I remember all I know is that they said that he had a CMC like skill set, so I always assumed that he could catch the ball. I, I was. Yeah, um, Bryce Love, college stats. <laughs> Part of his problem was he tore his shit out of his knee in his final game, right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't think that. No, he was not a receiving. I mean, he had, yeah. he had forty-nine total receptions in college. Yeah, he was um, never going to be see, like a skill set because they both went to Stanford. So maybe he like took an engineering program or something like that. Yeah, and they, they have like the same level, like aeronautic skill set. Exactly. That's probably exactly what it is, to be honest. McCaffrey, I mean, they had they both had 99 receptions in college. It's just a breaking news, guys. Breaking news. Life. Christian McCaffrey, good receiver in college. Yeah. And then yeah. it actually translated to the NFL. I don't know if people are aware. Shane, how was the uh 20 receptions. How was, how was the expo, folks? <clears throat> uh, it was good times. Times. Uh, uh, we did some things. Um, we did some things. I, I wish you would have been there to help me try to corral fucking Chase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was wild. Dude, I, I, I would have killed to have been there with you guys. It's, it sucks. I, I didn't know like what was going to be the situation with border stuff and but hopefully yeah. next year I'll be there. It, it looked like an absolute blast. I would have had so much fun. I, I would have, especially when I saw there was karaoke. I'm a big hit at karaoke. Uh, Mr. Brightside is usually my go-to song. I do a uh, great I rendition. Think, yeah, I wasn't invited to karaoke. I wasn't one of the cool kids. What do you mean? We told you to come out with us, and then you disappeared. Who is we? Uh, me and like a handful of other people. We were still sitting at the table and you said you had to go back up to your room to do something. I don't know what that could be. Are you like writing an article? What were you doing? I don't None of this sounds familiar to me. I gotta be honest with you. I was blackout drunk a few times. So <laughs> I could have been probably during that period. You were. You were. Yeah, Which of you got more you drunk were. at the expo? Uh, definitely Chase, right? Chase. Chase was, oh, okay. Chase is a, he's a horrible drunk. I am a responsible drunk. Horrible. I'm a fun drunk. That's what I am. Trace, I had to call Chase on two separate occasions to ask if he was dead. <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, if he was, then like that wouldn't have been a great question to ask. No, no. But, he wouldn't have given you a very good response. Yeah, and then Tyler showed up, and Tyler's like, I expect you to be taller. I'm like, what'd you expect, yeah. man? Like, I, I thought has I to be on a booster seat right now. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, Tyler, you don't look tall to me. I've never yeah, once thought you were tall. If you were tall, if you were tall, you wouldn't. If you were tall, you wouldn't have tried out the mustache because. If you're tall, you don't need to resort to like facial gimmicks to pick up women. You, you're just like tall. Who said I did it to pick up women? No, I, mean, I, 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 I don't know. about Chase. Chase is a Chase is a good looking dude, man. It's uh, it's pretty funny watching women um, how they react around Chase. Like Chase <laughs> is just ignoring them and they're like bothering him. It's like when you see a hot girl at the bar and dudes keep like bothering her. Like that's Chase. He's how just, do you like, do with the ladies at the expo, Shane? I kissed like five or six dudes. <laughs> oh man, I don't know about all that, but you know, I wasn't trying to ignore anybody at least. Uh, but Matt Donnelly was there, so I don't know why you didn't come, Chase. You're both from the same country. You both have mustaches. Yeah. No, Jacob. Jacob, Jacob, I don't know why you didn't come, Jake. Same country. I know. Yeah.